What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas once again, and this is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for doing all that you do for me, uh, making this a community for everybody. But once again, you can catch this this, uh, video anywhere that you can get your YouTube videos anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, anywhere where you can get your audio podcast. Just make sure that you give me a like a comment and a subscribe like uh, so that I can keep bringing this content to you guys and we can keep building this community. But first, before we get through anything, anything, we're going to hit the music, right? Hey guys, once again, it is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Thank you for rocking with me uh, tonight and for the last few days. And I appreciate you guys coming through. But today, today we're going to talk about what the future of the O-line looks like for coming next season, maybe in the future period. And the, the bit, the, I mean, because I wanted to make this show about this because we all we've been talking about since the season ended is Shanny. How is Shanny going to protect his quarterbacks? Right. That's how is he going to Trey Lance? All the quarterbacks got hurt all the way down to fourth string. So how does Shanny protect his guys with, uh, without completely changing his scheme and all the other stuff? We, I think the majority of us think that it's, he needs to get, upgrade the offensive line right and i think a lot of us have been calling for them to upgrade the offensive line in the right tackle position in particular for the last couple of years uh i don't necessarily have a problem with mike mcglinchy other than the fact like i brought up yesterday on yesterday's show i mean the guy gives you eight out of ten out of eight out of ten snaps they're good snaps but those two those two that are bad they they're not just bad they're ter- i mean they're they're pathetically bad uh a lot of the time like uh it's one thing to i said it yesterday it's one thing for the, to let them get around you it's another thing for you to sit there and just let the guys just i mean you're you don't put up any resistance whatsoever uh and quite frequently mike McGlinchey is uh, does that like I mean every game it's gonna happen a couple times at least uh it, like uh, he's gonna have a good grade he's they put I saw somewhere on Twitter today that he's one of the top 10 free agents which tells you right away which tells you right away if that's the case then he's not coming back 49ers are not gonna pay him top 10 free agent money to to come back 
and be the status quo. I, I just don't I don't see it happening. Uh, I know that Shanny doesn't value uh, doesn't really value offensive linemen. Like, but the, but the reality is, I mean, come on. Like uh, he, does, he, it's not that Chani doesn't value offensive line. He doesn't, he puts a premium on run blocking. And if you can get some pass blocking, great. They always have a good left tackle, right? We had uh, Joe Staley forever. And then we had Trent Williams after him, but everywhere else on the line, it's like kind of a patchwork patchwork plan that we just stick guys in spots i mean mcglinchy they spent a first round pick on they thought that he was going to be the guy going forward but it just to me he is not he is not a set it and forget it type of guy like he is not holding down his position consistently enough to to justify paying him paying him top 10 free agent money like the, does i that does i don't know if that makes sense to anybody but it doesn't make sense to me uh, and if it doesn't make sense to me, I know Parag and all those guys are much smarter than I am. <laughs> like, uh, so it's, it, it, they've got, they have to see that they're, they can get that value elsewhere and for probably cheaper, whether it be through the draft, whether it be even through free agency. I think there's a couple of guys out of there, Jawan Taylor, uh, like that could be, uh, not necessarily, at least you could get the same production. And my thing is, is I don't think that there's a lot of guys out there that would miss as badly as McClinchy does that. And that, cause that's the whole thing. You can get beat. Everybody gets beat from time to time, but you can't get annihilated. Like that's, that's what it is. You can't get annihilated. And uh, so it is what it is, but hey, Damian Lee in the house, uh, he said, <laughs> Mike McClinchy just started crying after this. You know what? If, if he's I, man, I hope he's listening to the uh, to the podcast. Please give me a like and subscribe, Mister McGlinchey. Like <laughs> and tell your friends to tell a friend so we can be friends and maybe I can give you some bet. Hey, if you subscribed, maybe I maybe I would give you a better a better look, better uh, uh, scouting report. But uh, no, I'm not for sale. <laughs> and uh, it's it, it's just it's really to me it's. There, there's so many. I think that that really, the right tackle spot is the only spot on this line that really was far and away the weak, the weak point on the line. And I mean, if he can't say he said it himself, this isn't new. This isn't news. Like he said himself that he needed to play better, and and to his credit, he did play a little bit better. But he was still, it was still the occasionally just getting beat out physical outs uh like uh ran by him like uh it's it is what it is i don't want to make this a mike mcglinchy bashing party because that's not what the what this show is about and we've only got 30 minutes <laughs> i could keep going and going and going but uh that's my rant on mike mcglinchy uh damien also says uh mike's therapist told him to bring Pete to the next section uh you know Maybe he needs some. Maybe that's what he needs. I think that you saw Joe Staley get on there with who is friends with Mike McGlinchey and blow him up. Uh, the, he in an interview. I mean, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that has told this man that he needs to be better, and he has the ability. It's just to me, it's all about technique, and 
I, I just don't see it. But regardless, we're gonna get we're gonna get past it. But the reason why we wanna talk about the the offensive line is because of these two quarterbacks that both of them, both of which where we could see, we could see both of them. Some of us could see them being the franchise, the franchise uh quarterback going forward. And there's gonna be a competition, right? And throughout the season, they're going to be able to get by with what they have. Even if they had Mike McGlinchey, they would be able to get by with what they have. We've seen it. But when they get to those playoffs and they go up against a team, we don't want to get to a position where we get up, we go against a team that all of a sudden has a ridiculous defensive line, and now we're and now we're breaking our quarterbacks in half again. Like uh, that, that is the key. That is the reason. Why this is a call to arms for Shanny. Not that he's watching, but if you know him and you're watching, please send this, send him this video and tell him to subscribe too. So it's, it's, uh, he says, uh, Damien says, would you give Juice another extension? I feel like at this point they could get Juice's production somewhere else. <laughs> I know that's probably not a popular take, but. Uh, he's getting up there in age at this point. I mean, I guess a fullback could do it for a long time. I it, I wouldn't be paying him the amount that they've been paying him. I will say that. And uh, at, a, at a certain point, you're going to have to start drafting guys and trying to plan for the future. Uh, because what you don't want is what the 49ers are going right through right now with the offensive line. They draft guys, but I don't feel like they do an honest value like. I shouldn't say an honest evaluation. They don't do. I don't think that they're they're really all the way invested in trying to find these the uh, replacements on that offensive line. I think they're looking for serviceable players that are really good at one thing, and most of the time they're looking for guys that can run block. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what it looks like to me. I'm sure that's the way it looks like to a lot of people, and. And uh, and if they can pass block, it's a premium. But mo more often than not, they can't pass block. We got a lot of guys that can that do fine run blocking, but they are they are inconsistent at best in pass blocking. And I would say that there's a lot of people. There's there's not a a ton of good offensive linemen in the league. Period. So it's going to be tough to 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 take care of those spots in free agency. They're gonna have. I think that they're gonna end up having to try to get uh, to to find some uh, a gem in the another gem in the draft like Burford, and maybe two. They may need two because if the guy if it's if it's looking like the guys that that are currently on the squad, uh, I I don't know. I don't. I without McGlinchey, all of a sudden now you either slide Burford over or McKivitz. I don't know that that's the the answer, and but that's where we're at, and we've got all of free agent to get to go through. We've got all of the draft to get through. There's no, it's not time to panic. The time to panic is if we get into into training camp, and they've stayed pat with who they have, and because that is a recipe for disaster. I feel, but that's me. Maybe somebody else sees it differently, but back to these quarterbacks. 
I I saw I talked I saw something earlier today about Trey Lance and they were talking about and I'm trying to remember who who tweeted I see so many tweets throughout the day but somebody was tweeting out about how you know Trey Lance he's he's not a he's not a guy that can run out to the edges he needs to the only way uh, that he can be effective in the running game is through QB powers and that that they can't use him as a guy at just for scrambling scrambling purchases and purposes and uh i i just disagree i disagree with that take i don't i don't know how anybody else how anybody else feels uh, out there but i would say that Trey Lance that is if you drafted Trey Lance to run QB power just because that's what he did in college you're you're in for a then uh, they made a humongous mistake. The 49ers made a humongous mistake, a humongous misevaluation, a humongous just uh complete that is a that is an ego trip and a half thinking that you can he can do the same things that he did in college. These are not uh, the NFL is will humble you quickly. And a lot of these guys you you can't just because okay they did this in in college. I mean even Jalen Hurts. Let's use Jalen Hurts as an example. Like he had it took him years to develop. This was his third season. I think I think it was his third season. But he got reps right away. He was getting reps right away. They tailored their offense uh, to him. It took them time to figure out what to do with him. And. And he had to work on his mechanics and he had to work on his mechanics. So it's that took three years. Trey Lance has only played four games in two years that they've grossly mismanaged this whole process. Uh, the 49ers have uh, Shani is not tailoring this offense to Trey Lance's strengths. He cannot run QB power here. That is that that is evident. If he is going to run QB power, he better get in the weight room and gain a and gain some some muscle mass, and to to pad that body up and get ready for for the beating that he's going about to take, and learn how to how to run the ball and run QB power properly, because he doesn't right now. He runs tentative. He runs. Uh, he there's there's not really a lot of aggression, and I think that is the biggest part that that makes it look so bad. It makes it look so bad because he's so tentative because I I don't I think he recognizes the fact that he's not in college. These guys are much bigger, much stronger, and he can't just run guys over anymore. So I think it's a huge mistake to not think that uh that you will have to teach him he is going to have to be a uh a quarterback that can that can kill you from the pocket and scram to get extra yards he's gonna it's gonna be have to be from scrambling like in my my estimation uh damien says we should have traded mike to colts last season for that second round pick after his former notre dame buddy quentin nelson wanted it you know i wouldn't have been against that if they could have gotten a second rounder for him i'm not positive that they could have gotten a second rounder but i wouldn't mind if they could have gotten a second rounder for him that I think that they could have probably patched that right tackle position together like they did the year before that and got probably the same amount of production. 
That's that's my personal opinion on it. Uh, I know that the 49ers like Mike McGlinchey, uh, and you can't really argue with what they've done so far. Like, I mean, they got to the NFC Championship two years in a row. Um, but what I will say is they need to get this part right. They need to get the offensive line right because, like I said, Trey Lance is not a guy that you're going to run QB power with. Not with this offensive line either. That is not – that is – they're uh, – they are a, a finesse line, and they and they get they open up holes through uh, Shanny's scheme, not not out of just sheer power. Like uh, so, I think that that is a recipe for disaster. And likewise, Brock Purdy's a little guy. Be honest with yourselves. Brock Purdy is tiny. He's another guy needs to get in the weight room. He needs to get to build up his body so he can take that beating because we've seen it. We saw it in the what seven, eight games that he played, like he's going to take a beating because he's weighed. He gives it to the last possible second to get the ball out sometimes. And he takes shots. The man in those seven, eight games, he had a, uh, a bl- oblique injury. And then it, they just knocked him out of the game or and it would have been for the season. Uh, like if it had been in the beginning of the season, that was in the first eight games. And then what? I mean, he was playing great. But the reality is, is he's little. He's little, and this offensive line will not be able to protect him. That's, and I think that's a common theme. So it is what it is. Uh, but let's get into why I feel so strong. Like, obviously, I feel so strongly about protecting these quarterbacks and the reasons. And this offensive line, I don't want to poo poo this offensive line because I really think it's about one weak spot. I mean, Brendel isn't the greatest center, but uh, but I would say that he's solid. That he was solid all season, and I don't know that they go away from. I don't know how much money he's going to command in the free agent market. They didn't. Spotrac didn't really have a a market value for him yet. But I just don't. I don't think. I think that they're. Pro, I think that they might try to bring him back because I'm not sure unless. Nick Sakel ends up being this year as Aaron Banks, which if that happens, that man, that in solidifying the center spot would go so far into the development of either quarterback. Uh, having a guy that you're going to be with for the foreseeable future would be huge for that quarterback's development, no matter who it is, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Uh, but that left tackle spot is really what we're looking at. And this is the thing. If they decide to kick out Burford to the left tackle spot, now you've got a hole at right guard. And yes, you could put Daniel Brunskill there, but we've seen him not be good in pass protection either. And uh, he's really good run, run blocker, but I think over the course of a season, you're going to see some chinks in the armor around pass protection with him. So, I mean, guard might be easier to find than than uh, tackle. So it it just depends on what the what the 49ers are going to prioritize. I re, I really think that they're going to that it would behoove them to try and and scooch Burford out there because I'm not a big fan of McKivitz. Um I don't think he really moves that well. And uh the but yeah, I like I like the idea of of popping Burford out there. You got Jawan Taylor out there. See if you can if uh, if they could bring him in. Great, but I think the Jaguars are going to prioritize bringing him back. Um, there's other than that, like I mean, 
you've got other guys on the roster. Let's let's list the guys that are on the roster at the O line spot. Um, you've got Blake Hans, who I don't think will be back. Uh, he might be back. I I, I would I wouldn't mind seeing Blake Hans come back and get another another year in the in the system uh, and see what you got there. Like I mean, just from a backup, and maybe he could he could eventually take over the uh, Daniel Brunskill role. Uh, like, uh, but then you've also got, uh, Jason Poe, who also should be in the mix for that center spot. I think everybody wants to see him at center because he's so short, but could they try him at right guard? It would be, it would be a really weird look, but if he plays well, I don't have a problem with it. The man's as long as he's 300 pounds and he can, he can move men. Uh, but I, I worry about his him wearing down because of his size. I worry about that part, like throughout the course of a season. He he looks good in spurts when he gets a chance to play, but it's a long season. 17 games is a long season. So uh, I, I'm not quite sure how that would work. But you would have Daniel Brunskill uh, if you re-sign him to, uh, to kind of back him up in case he starts to wear down. But that's the thing is, we're trying to solidify these spots and how do you solidify the spots uh, if you're worried about the guys wearing down? Uh, but yeah, you got Colton McKivitz, you got Jalen Moore, who I think at this point is a backup at best. There's no, I don't think there's really a plan for Jalen Moore. Uh, I think he's a back like a, uh, once he, once he his contract uh, runs out, I think he'll be. I think he'll be gone. I think he has one more year left. Like, uh, uh, but I think that they're keeping him on for death purposes. Uh, but let's see. And then you've got. Is that all they got? I think that's all they got. And then you, of course, you got Nick Sakel, who everybody is interested to see how that develops because if Nick Zakel can end up being a center, or maybe he ends up being the guard, the uh, that right guard spot, and they kick Burford out to uh, right tackle who like that, that'll go a long way. When we see, when we hear about what's going on in OTAs, I think that'll go a long way into finding out what the plan is for the offensive line. And, when and especially when they once once his free agency is over, but there's a couple of free agents that uh, <laughs> uh, Davian says Colt McCannaviz, <laughs> and uh, and then he says uh, Brendel's leaving. I seen his interview today. Oh, okay, so if Brendel's gone, Brendel's gone. Like I mean, good for him. You know what? To be a journeyman and to not have anybody think that he is a starting caliber center and for him to to parlay that into being probably going to get paid as a starting center uh, by somebody. Uh, I thought he did an admirable job this year. I have nothing bad to say about Brendel. Like uh, he exceeded expectations like a ton to me. So um, and. Damien also says, I like Bradley Bozeman and Connor McGovern. For, uh, like, I like Connor McGovern from, there's another Connor McGovern from uh, the Jets that, uh, that, that I'm looking at for, for the center spot. Um, a couple of the free agents that I'm looking at right now is 
like I said, Connor McGovern and Connor McGovern for the from the Jets. Uh, he's a center. Uh, you know, I would be shocked if the Eagles don't bring back Jason Kelsey. But if he's out there, that that's an option. Um, Garrett Bradbury from Minnesota. I fully expect them to re-sign him. But if he becomes available, that would go so far to uh, solidifying that that center spot. And I wouldn't mind them spending a little bit more. I, I saw something that, today that said that they could free up $14 million of cap space by restructuring Trent Williams. I think they're going to restructure a few guys. And I think that they can – they can make space if if need be because the skill positions are are set. This is one of the few years where they don't really have to worry about the skill positions at all. Like, I mean, you might bring in another running back for depth for depth purposes, um, but as far as like wide receivers, they don't need no more wide receivers. In in my mind, they don't need any wide receivers. They don't need. Uh, I mean, they could use. They're probably going to bring back Croft and Dwelly. They're probably going to bring those guys back. I thought Croft Croft did a pretty decent job, but but yeah, Caleb. Uh, and then there's there is there is another guy I was looking at uh, for the center spot. Um, you know what? That that's probably the those are probably the only two couple of guys that I would bring in in free agency. Like uh, as far as as far as that goes. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, Eric came through. Hey, what's going on, Eric? Appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, yeah, he says, Hey, Peter and Chad, appreciate you coming through, brother. And then Damien says, Brendel's like a donut tire thinking it can last 500 miles. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it that is a great analogy because he's serviceable. I mean, he's serviceable. But how long would would it last? You know what? He didn't get hurt. That's that's a big thing in the 49 for the 49ers. He didn't get hurt. And uh, but like as far as tackles go or uh, guard guards go, let's say that they they uh, put. Um, well, no, let's look at tackles first. You've got KC uh, for whatever reason. They, I mean, I think they're going to franchise Orlando Brown again. Um, the, uh, you got George Fant for, uh, for the, the, the Jets, but he's 30. He might be somebody that's cheap. I mean, he's, he'll be 31 for the season, uh, when the season starts, I think, but, but that might be a guy he's, he's worked in that type of system already. Uh, you've got a, obviously you got McGlinchey. You have New England has Isaiah Wynn. Now, this guy is hurt all the time, but tremendous amount of talent. Uh, but because he's hurt all the time, it's I feel like his market value is going to be attractive to somebody. I mean, he's probably not going to get what he would normally get on the market uh, for a guy with his talent uh, because because of his injuries history. But that's a guy, if he could figure it out, I mean, he's only 26. And, um, but you've got, oh, Caleb McGarry. That was who I was looking for. Atlanta. I, if Atlanta doesn't re-sign McGarry, that is, 
that is gross mismanagement on their part. He is 27 years old. Uh, he could be a guy uh, like a linchpin a for the future for them. I would be shocked if he makes it out of Atlanta. Uh, and then you've got uh, Kelvin Beecham for Arizona, but no, I'm not impressed with him at all. Uh, but as far as guards go, if they decided to, let's say they decided to uh, to put Burford out there on the on the tackle spot, and they just don't have somebody for the the guard, they don't trust anybody for right guard. I mean, you've got a Roger Saffold is out there. He's kind of eight. He's thirty. He'll be thirty five, but he's definitely affordable. And uh, I think some of his injury issues might might uh, might be might be too much, but you've got, they've also got, uh, there was another guy that I saw. You've got Trey Turner out there. That's about to be 30. Uh, he, I think he's a backup though for a backup level guy. And that's, I mean, there's really not much. I will say this. <laughs> there's really not much, um, out there for as far as offensive linemen. Like I said, Juwan Taylor, at the right tackle spot, uh, not much. Uh, Nate Davis is an interesting because everybody thought that guy was going to be good coming out, and and he at the guard spot uh, for Tennessee, and he's just he huge disappointment. I I don't understand it. But and I don't see them taking. I I don't even want to mention that. I don't even want to talk that, speak that into reality. Like, but, but yeah. So you got a few guys there that are in free agency that could that could come in. I would be, but really, I would be shocked if they brought any of these guys. I think it's really going to come down to the draft, and I'm sure that they're going to bring in a couple of these uh, backup level guys just to. You got Riley Reef out there. That's uh that that wouldn't necessarily be a, a bad pickup. Eric, you got Eric Fisher out there. He's kind of old and can't stay healthy either. Uh there's a lot of guys in here that have got some injury issues, but I would be I would be shocked. Like if some of if they if they really spent a lot of money on on any of these guys. Jawan Taylor, maybe if if that becomes available. Uh, but but then you've got you're talking about the draft, and really we won't know anything until the combine definitively of where these guys are going to be around. But there's a couple of names that uh, that right now are in the 49 that are for right now are in the 49ers crosshairs in that where they're picking. And uh, I've got a Luke Weipler from uh, Ohio State. That's a guy that I'm going to start watching. And uh, he from Ohio State, he's a center, 6'3", 300 pounds. He seems to be a scheme fit. Like I would work, it looks like he would work really well in his own scheme. Uh, Andrew Voorhees uh, from USC, a guy that could pl play. He played tackle in college, uh, but it looks like he he's projecting to be a guard. I think that's another guy that that could start at guard and could eventually make his way out to tackle. Um, 6'6", 320. And runs with the meat and uh, run blocks with a mean streak, which is you know is what Channy likes. So that's that's an now he he is right now his average draft position is like ninety nine is ninety nine, which he would be just I think he would end up being just out of the 49ers reach. But 
who knows what's going to happen. Guys are going to move up and down in the, as this process goes forward. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that movement uh, goes after the combine. But Tyler Steen from Alabama, uh, a tackle, and uh, he's 6'5", 315. Normally the 49ers, Alabama doesn't, uh, their offensive lineman wouldn't mix well in a 49er scheme. But I think that he's a good, he's a solid uh, pass blocker. And the re- that's the reason why I brought him up. I feel like that they need to go pass, but they should go pass blocking. I don't necessarily think that they will. <laughs> but that, but I didn't think that Aaron Banks, I thought Aaron Banks was not a scheme fit either. He, he wasn't a scheme fit. They had to make him take a year off and completely change his body around to get him ready for the season. And it worked out. But if they're going to do that, with, if they were going to do that with another guy, I mean, that's what you can expect. He'd probably going to, it probably would take them a year to get their body in shape and get them ready for what the 49ers want them to do. So is that necessarily what the 49ers want to do? This season, I don't know. I don't. I don't foresee that. I think that they need a contributor. They need a contributor now, which is and because the the pickings are so slim in the free agent market. To me, um, I think that that's why that's why they may be looking for. They may draft that position high, uh, higher because they don't have anything till the third round, to the end of the third round. But or they might want to move up. I mean, they've got. How many picks? They've got 11 picks, I think. And uh, so, I mean, maybe you package some of that and move it up. Last year, we thought that they were going to move up, and they used all them picks. <laughs> so what what are they going to do? But the, my last my last guy that, that I was looking at so far, that I've been looking at so far is, and I don't want to butcher his name, <laughs> but I'm going to try it anyway. So bear with me. Uh, Alusagoon. Oluwatimi from Michigan. Go blue. I like a Michigan fan. If you didn't know that about me, I'm a complete Michigan uh, Wolverine fan for football. And, uh, but he's a center six, three, three, 10. Um, he, I think he'd be a little bit of a project also, uh, but he's supremely athletic. And I think that in a, in a year's time, I think if uh, with the Forster, Coaching him up, I think that he could be a beast for the for the foreseeable future, and that all depends on what their what their plan is for Zakel and Jason Poe. Like all those guys, we don't know what they're going to do. I think we'll find out during OTAs what they're what they're looking towards, and I think that in OTAs how it looks how it looks and that will kind of determine. I think that's going to help them determine what what they're going to probably do as far as free agency or the draft, um, but. There's some centers out there in free agency. So it's that is a entirely a possible. I would love to honestly, I would love to see that's the route I would go if I was them uh to solidify that center spot. Shani has always said that the center spot is the most important uh part of the line. So it really baffles me that they haven't gone all in. They've tried a couple of times with uh Richburg and uh and Alex Mack. It just hasn't Alex Mack was a shade of his of his former self by the time he got to the 49ers. Weston Richburg just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, he was good when he played. But it just surprises me that they're not going all in to, to lock down that position and solidify it. Uh, so 
I I, th- I think that that center spot is a little bit more of a key position to look at than anything else. <laughs> because I think that they think that they can plug in anybody on that right side of the line and it'll be okay. But I'd fully expect them to draft somebody, at least one, if not two. And uh, and then also, I think that they're going to bring in some some camp uh, got bodies and see if they can uh, maybe make a reclamation project of somebody. So, but once again, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. This is there. It, it just doesn't, I, it, if you can't hear it in my voice, I don't seem to be too confident in how they're, how they're thinking about the, and how, on how their ability to fix this offensive line. There's just not enough options out there to my, in, to immediately affect that. The 49ers supposed Super Bowl window is like now. You need immediate contributors. And I don't see it in free agency. Maybe in the center spot, but not definitely not in the tackle spot. Everything is projections right now. And, uh, and the guard spot too. Like uh, the right side of that line is, uh, I think that they're they're going to end up ha- it's going to end up being serviceable again. Hopefully, they can one of the draft picks that they bring in, or one of the guys that are like like I said, Nick Kell, Jason Poe makes a huge leap, and uh, and we're not talking about this again. And we're saying, oh man, how could you? How could we have doubted them? That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> but but who knows? Who knows? Uh, and. But as far as going outside to find that person, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's not a lot of pickings out there. So, uh, but with that being said, I'm going to get, I'm about to get out of here. And of course, as soon as I say that, here comes Brian Cole. (laughs) Oh, well, he says, what up faithful. I'm late, but it made it. I appreciate you coming through, bro. Uh, Make sure that you watch the replay. I'm just doing a lot of complaining about the offensive line and the, and the, and I'm complaining about the 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 really the slim pickings that we have to improve it, like in free agency and in the draft, like uh, things that are going to have to fall the 49ers way. And they're going to have to be a little lucky to to truly upgrade this line. So it is what it is, but uh, it is what it is. But I appreciate like I said, appreciate you guys coming through once again. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe. Give me a comment. So we can hit that. So we can affect this algorithm, and we can bring more people into the community, so that we can just get this chat cracking. And then, I want you to make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend, so that we can be friends every day. I'm actually not going to be on tomorrow. I do have to be. I do have to. I have a work thing, but uh, I'm going to try and do another show on Saturday, and so I can get that fourth show in. Uh, because the next couple of days I'm going to have to do stuff at work. But uh, I know like uh, until you guys, until you, until you guys, uh, until we get to a point to where I don't have to work anymore, we're going to have to work around my schedule. But, <laughs> but with that being said, like that, once again, I can't, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you guys uh, coming through and spreading the word. Uh, I'm here on YouTube. I'm here on Twitter. I'm here on Facebook. Uh, I'm here anywhere where you can get your audio podcast. The audio podcast is uh, community has been growing. So I really appreciate that. Make sure that if you are listening on the audio podcast, make sure that you give you rate me and you give me 
the the five star rating and and let me know what I can do to get better. Like uh, I I need those comments. I, I'm all about doing the the best that I possibly can. I want to improve the show for you guys. So uh, make sure that you reach out and you let me know what you need. And with that being said, we are about to get out of here. Uh, but I'm gonna say this. Brian said, I think better for better works. We should change the the right tack. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you've been watching the show, we've been that's what we've been saying all show long today. So uh we agree, Brian. I pr- I promise you. And uh but with that being said, I don't care how you guys get the show, just get it. And you guys have if I don't see you on Saturday, I will definitely see you on Monday. And with that, with that being said, I'm gonna just we're just gonna leave it as we always do with the go Niners.